You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we're speaking with a combat veteran who was saved from alcoholism and addiction, and he's here to share a story and inspire anyone who's listening. He's calling us from Illinois today, so please welcome Jay to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Jay. Hey guys, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us today and just share your story. So let's start from the beginning. Will you please tell us where your cannabis journey first began? Yes. My cannabis journey first began when uh, I was starting to become an alcoholic. So I, I was in Afghanistan and uh, I, I won't go into that, but when I got home, I had a lot of issues. And so I used alcohol to kind of fix those issues. I mean, that's what most combat veterans do when we're still in the service. You know, you want to use what's legal. Right. But anyway, I don't want to admit that I had issues. So I had a buddy who noticed that I was becoming bad with alcoholism. And so he said, here, try this. Gave me a joint. And as soon as I hit that joint, I mean, it was amazing. 67 thoughts turned into one thought. I could focus. I could talk to somebody. I didn't have to worry about issues. It was amazing. And that's really where it started. Okay. Wow. So quick, like just from one hit with that, just how it settled your nervous system. It was a couple of hits. Okay. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) The funny thing is, was, you know, um, when you have all those issues with anxiety, PTSD, TBI, you're going really fast. Mm -hmm. And so... When I really hit those, I had a whole conversation with somebody and I felt like it had been three hours. Oh, and I wow. looked at the clock and it had been 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's a huge impact. <laughs> that yeah, was the thing absolutely. I remember the most. Yeah. It's it's also interesting that like everyone's journey is so different because hearing yours, because I mean, most people we talk to, their journeys start pretty young, you know, like 16, some 14, some 13, some 18. But to experience it in a way where it automatically just jumps your medical journey because it it's, you know, healed you just in a way that you haven't been healed before is really cool. And I feel like it adds it adds a whole different level of perspective to your journey with cannabis. Absolutely. And I was one of those people that, uh, you know, I was scared into believing that if I had touched marijuana, I would have become a heroin addict by the day's end. And so that's one reason I did not touch it as a youngster. Um, it was really my buddy convincing me about it. But that's one reason I have a unique view at looking at cannabis from uh, the way that people who are usually against it see it. And that's why I try to break the stigma just like you guys do. That's awesome. We, I mean, we're, we're, that's what we're all here to do is break the stigma. And that's why you're here with us is to share your story and help break any stigmas that anybody listening might have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, I come from a family of, you know, um, lawyers and judges. And so they, they looked down upon it as I was younger. That's why I was so scared to death of it. And so... When I found out about it, 
I, this was, let's see here, 13 years ago. So this is before, way before it was very accepted, as I'm sure you guys know. Right. So uh, speaking of with kind of playing off that family part, the relationship with your family, does your family like support your use with cannabis? Like, are you open it with them about it? Like, what's your relationship with your family and cannabis like now? They are now. Okay. They were not in the past. I mean, um, I was just, I was very stigmatized. And so I, I, I was a hermit for about five years because of that. Okay. I mean, I, 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 all my other issues from combat and as a combat veteran, but also I wasn't accepted or, you know, they wanted me to use. So the first time I took cannabis, that wasn't actually where I got saved. I had to stop using cannabis because, you know, 13 years ago, you couldn't get jobs having to do the, uh, these drug tests. Mm-hmm. And I was, of course, scared to death of it. So I stopped and I heard somebody say synthetic marijuana. I don't know if you guys remember Spice, but I did not know about it. I just thought, oh, I, I won't get caught on a drug test and it will be marijuana. That's great. And that was my descent into, I did Spice, then that got uh, made illegal, couldn't find it anymore, and went right into hard drugs. Wow. And that's where my buddy, who gave me the marijuana the first time, found me again, and I was at my lowest, and he got me back into cannabis, which saved me from addiction, which opiates from the VA really played a part in that. Yeah, yeah. I have have um, some friends who are veterans, and I've heard all kinds of VA stories kind of along those lines. Oh, oh it, was, it was bad back in the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll tap into your story just a little bit more, but um, just – we just like to ask a few questions just to kind of break some ice. Oh, so um, one of my favorite things to do slash start my day with is smoking and working out. What's your favorite thing to do after you smoke? After I smoke, I love to research. Okay. I what do love you like to, to I, research? I learn. So I do uh, cannabis informational videos, and uh, I try to do so in a professional way. But anyway, I, uh, I do a lot of research into history um, the scientific research on cannabis, all sorts of stuff like that. Like I go from 10,000 BC all the way to, uh, the legalization of marijuana in California in 1996. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. That's so cool. So you, you, okay. Wow. That's, it's cool to see where people's minds go when they consume cannabis and what their fun thing to do is. And I, I love that, that that's yours because there's so much to learn. And sometimes it can be overwhelming, but I feel like if you're open to it, there's so much yeah. more always there's, to learn. There's also a lot of pseudo history with videos. Mm-hmm. It's one thing I'm, I'm really stigmatized places when I say that I do, you know, historical videos. Mm-hmm. But I have... Re- um, I have resources in the descriptions of all my videos of where I do my research. Awesome. Okay, that's awesome. And I know that's always super helpful for people. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners or self-sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company 
while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So um, like routines with cannabis, do you have like a daily routine that you like to follow that you kind of do throughout your day? I I used to very much. I try to follow it still, but my uh, family really hinders that in many ways. <laughs> but yes, back when I was um, single and uh, trying to do it medicinally, because um, like I like I like to say to people, I've been smoking for ten plus years, but medicating for seven. Yeah. Okay. And so just to, like let them know how long I've been actually trying to medicate. Right. Right. Your journey. But. Yes, and so I've, I used to try to do it. So I used to smoke just as much as I could, dull my senses. I didn't want to think, turn on the TV. I didn't have to worry. Finally, I was like, you know, I'm not going to find a partner like this. So I really started working. I was like microdosing. Let's try it. So I started microdosing, and so I, what I do, and I still do it, a little bit every two hours. Okay. Excuse me, microdosing. But I'm an, I'm an extreme case. I I have hyper anxiety and all my issues from combat. So in 20 minutes, my my high is very different. Yeah. So what does microdosing look like for you? Because I mean, for everyone, it's so different. And here in Oklahoma, I know it's a lot different than where you are. And especially, you know, over the last however many years you've been consuming that that looked very different back then. So when you discovered microdosing, like what did that look like for you and how did you know? I mean, was it like trial and error just to implement it? Because I know for everyone, it's so different. It, it was very, for, for me, it was very trial and error because as I said, you know, as long as far uh, long ago, seven years, it was very difficult to find a lot of information. Um, so what I would do was I would just smoke what I could get and I would just smoke small quantities. But then I realized, wow, I need to smoke more for this, less for that. What's going on? Um, I'm smoking the same one. Why is it? Why am I needing more than I used to? So I just had to figure out, you know, my tolerance, gaining tolerance. And that's where I really started going into the entourage effect. Okay. Do you know the entourage effect? Yes. Yeah. Where we, yes. (laughs) But I, I don't necessarily say that that's correct. I just theorize that there's a lot more to it than just the THC. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, are there certain terpenes or cannabinoids that you that you prefer to smoke or that absolutely. you look for? Absolutely. CBN and limonene, I love. Okay, what do those do I, for you? So in my research, um, CBN is really helping to prevent the degeneration of brain cells. And that's the leading cause of Alzheimer's. And that runs in my family, so I have a passion for that. So I really looked for CBN. When I realized I was switching to CBN, it was really helping me mentally more so than other strains. Okay. But also the the limonene, I've, I've noticed different terpenes can help with my calming effect on my THC better than others. Right. Kind of with that trial and error for yourself. Yes. Yeah. So as you were going... this is all personal experience, of course. I was going to say, so as you were going through trial and error for somebody who's listening, 
Um, was did you keep a journal and like how was what did that process look like as you were diving deeper into your cannabis journey? Absolutely. I I and on my videos I encourage people keep a catalog, make a catalog of the strains you're getting, the terpenes that are in there, the profile. And this is one thing I also say on a uh, episode on dispensaries is not all dispensaries disclose this information, and that's kind of irritating. Because you go into a dispensary mainly for medication. Right, yeah. Some dispensaries are more apt to focusing on that educational part because their patients want that. And some people really, I, I guess, just you know, aren't interested. They don't focus on that. And, it, and, and that's okay. I, like I've always said, I, I support anyone who wants to do cannabis, whether it's recreational or medicinal. Yeah. It's just how I've always seen it is, you know, you see a dispensary as a pharmacy. Right, right. At least that's how, how people who don't know about cannabis will see it. Right. So you go in there and you expect, well, they're like a pharmacist, right? Shouldn't they know about it? And a lot of the time they don't know. Now, Bud tenders will usually know a lot, but your typical, you know, everyday workers don't know too much. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's that when you, when you go into a dispensary, it's something that you kind of, I mean, not something kind of, it's something you want and need is your bud tender to know what the education behind it and, you know, what, what they're talking about really. And I don't even expect people to, you know, if you're having a minimum wage job, I don't expect you to know all of this, but to have a cheat sheet there that someone, you know, makes, here's the strains we have, here's the the uh, terpenes that are in those strains, here's right. the main cannabinoids, here's, you know, that, that kind of thing. So if someone asks, they have that information very readily available. Yes, I agree. Um, so, Jay, to flip the script just a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So uh, what I do, my name is, well, I go by Jay. Um, I've gone by Jay for the past 20 years, even at jobs where you have to. Um, so I've worked, um, let me start from the beginning. So what I did was I worked my job, my way up after my hard drugs. And I worked my way up to, you know, low level jobs, high level jobs, working at various grows with people. Cause my passion with cannabis on how it helped me just grew. And so I did what I could to get information. Then a uh, PhD scientist allowed me to work with him on a bio, sorry, a biotech company where we made microcalorimeters. And he actually started talking to me about cannabis all over the place. He did a lot of research on it. So that rekindled it. And I decided I really want to work on this. And he got me a job as a supervisor of extraction, distillation, evaporation, winterization of CBD. Okay. Then I worked there for roughly one to two years, gained a lot of information, and that's where my passion, I thought, I want to put information out to people, give people what I learned and what I've gained. And I'll tell you what, when I started, I learned way more than I learned from those people just seeking the knowledge. I think somebody told me when I started, they said, teachers will learn way more than the students. Yeah. Because teachers always but, have to teach themselves. They have to stay on their toes. Yeah. They keep on their toes. People ask them questions. 
And please forgive me for my voice. I, I do have high anxiety, so it gets to me sometimes. Oh, you're okay. Anyway, anyway, what that did was I started those videos. First one's very bad quality. Um, didn't know much. Researched that. And I thought, you know what? I like what Joe Rogan's doing because he does it in a very professional way. Um, but then I thought there's a very, there's a niche that's very missing in the cannabis community. Nobody's talking, um, doing videos without smoking. And I was like, if I'm going to try to reach people like I was that are against cannabis, I don't want to see them smoking. So that's what I did. Purely professional, um, very high quality, got good cameras, good audio equipment. That's actually killing me right now is the calling with the phone without my good audio equipment. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's great. what I do now. You sound great. So um, can you tell us about your page and what your goal was whenever you started it? Yes. My goal is to reach those typically against cannabis. Okay. So I, I, it's, it's something that is a very difficult thing to do, but I wanted to be one of the first to try is to just hit those people. Like I remember I was at 42 subscribers and I had someone comment or message me and say, I love your videos because I can send them to my parents and they're not instantly turned off. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, oh, I really like that. And so, and that was fairly on the beginning. I was like, I'm going to keep this going. I just keep it very professional, private videos. When I go on someone else's platform, I'll smoke. But mine, no smoking. Yeah, yeah, to each his own. And so that's what I was doing. And I, nothing against it, all for it. I smoke quite a bit. But just trying to reach those that are typically against it. Yes. Okay, right. Yeah. And so I, I do. That's why I started my history. Is I had a passion for history my whole life, and I was like, use my passion for history with my passion for cannabis, and then put them together. It's a very unique perspective. So, what's been the toughest challenge about starting the page that you know you've started with all this education? <laughs> uh, first off, it was. Uh, some of them in the cannabis community itself, um, they didn't like what I was saying. Like uh, every time I would say what I would, you know, my, my purpose, everyone would say, nobody cares. Uh, we all love to smoke. And I'm like, I get that. I'm just trying to reach those that don't and get them to be supportive of it, even if they don't want to smoke. And so that, that, that was my goal. And I have a whole mission statement on my YouTube channel, but I, I want to... I see that YouTube is very stigmatized itself. So I really want to branch out into podcasts myself and doing things like that. But I need to get more comfortable with like live talking. Yeah, I love being able. To, I love being able to edit myself. Yes, I, I totally. Understand <laughs> I feel that, that too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's super nice on video because it's like, oh, don't like this, go away. <laughs> yeah, oh, that that looks really good. And what's crazy is half the stuff you think when you're filming that looks really bad. You're rewatching. You're like, okay, actually, that looks really good. Yeah, honestly, that's I, kind I of how podcasting is a little bit too. Sometimes Brian and I are like, I don't know how that went, but then we're like, wait, that sounded really great. Yeah, or a different <laughs> episode. That so we really encourage well. you to podcast if that's what you're looking to. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I definitely, I definitely want to start, and that's why I, I don't know if you've seen any of my videos, but I film them 
pretty much like a podcaster would so that if I do start them, I can just take my audios to put them into a podcast for earlier episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we watched a few of your videos and they're very awesome and honestly very like educational and taught me a few things that I didn't know. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. And I, I didn't know half the stuff I did before I started this channel. I mean, every time I research, I learn something new. So whenever somebody says, you know, you know, everything or you know a lot I always say no I don't I'll learn more tomorrow right yeah it's very humble but it's very true because you're always learning everything in this you are and, sure. and sometimes things get found out to be wrong so you're I mean you're constantly evolving your information yes and so to act like you know everything is very it's too much hubris right absolutely so do you feel like cannabis has played many roles, like more than just one in your healing? And if so, what would you say those different roles would be? I am very sorry. Can you repeat that one more time? Do you feel like cannabis has played more than one, just one role in your healing journey? And if so, what would you uh, say those roles are? Absolutely. It has played so many roles. I mean, just, just the fact that I can use a an indica and a sativa. And I mean, it's not always works the same, but I can gear it towards um, my body or my mind. And as I told a, uh, I have a interview with a uh, drug counselor and social worker. And I was telling him that it's very, what I like is that it can be site specific with your endocannabinoid system. And that's what I really like about it. And he, he stopped me right there and he was like, dude, you might've, you just said something that's like, you're a medical prof- professional. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't even think about it from my research, but I, I love that. Yeah. And I love that about the cannabis. Absolutely. I, li- I like that too. Um, so Jake, I'm curious. So fami- I'm familiar with addiction in my own family, but for someone who's listening that may have issues with any form, um, from your point of view, what is some solid advice that you think is most important to hear that you would like to pass on to somebody else? I actually, I, so I have one video of my journey that I've told you guys on my YouTube channel, but what I would say is I had a veteran ask me, they were like, I love your story, but what's that one pivotal moment? Like you, you, it, it hits you. Uh, and I was like, I remember it very well. I mean, I, let's just say I had, I was about to act on thoughts I really should not have. And that's really when my buddy came in and I mean, literally stumbled on me when I was about to think about it. And he came in and just told me, you're an asshole. And I was like, what? He goes, I hate you. I mean, he actually didn't say it. He said, I love you, but I hate you right now. And what you're doing, you're selfish. And I mean, that hit me so hard. He was like, you're not thinking about how I feel. You wouldn't think that I would have to find you. You wouldn't think about this. You wouldn't think about that. And I mean, that's where it just, it really fell into me because everyone else was just always saying, you know, it's all right. You just need to try, you know, do this, do that. And I mean, he hit it. He threw it in my face. Yeah. But he also helped me with cannabis, which gave me an out. You know, it didn't fix me, but it gave me, uh, I could alleviate my, my symptoms. And I was able to control it with, uh, a lot of willpower and his help. 
If I didn't have him, I would have never been able to do it. Whoever this friend is, we'd like to give a shout out to him because he sounds really great. Not even just in your cannabis journey, but also like your mental health and life journey. I think that's really important to have a friend like that or a family member, whoever that can keep it so real with you that sometimes it just, you have to have truth thrown in your face and not, not necessarily a pretty way. Exactly. And I learned very much so that real friends, real friends really can piss you off sometimes because they, they don't tell you what you want to hear. Absolutely. They tell you what you need to hear. I can relate. She's sitting right in front of me right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, he, uh, he actually became a social worker and he actually told me because I was pretty bad when I came home and he said, I'll never have a case worse than you. So thank you. And uh, he's he's one of the best social workers I've ever known. He's actually the one who interviews me on my channel. That's awesome. That's That's so cool. Well, shout out to him. So what's been one of the most impactful things you've learned about cannabis that you revisit often? That's a reminder of like why you you chose to do what you're doing. So I know that there are – so my family is very Christian. And I know in the Christian community, it's very, it's very, uh, cannabis is very stigmatized. I mean, extremely. And then I was found out in my research, before I really even started, I was just researching the history. I just love doing that. And I found out that the holy anointing oil in the Bible was supposed to have had cannabis, but was incorrectly translated in the King James Version of the Bible to calamus. And so that really, I was like, I can reach that community. And that's why I have a whole episode already on the history of ancient Israel with cannabis, but about to do another one with uh, much better quality. That's very interesting. And it's really cool that you were able to find a way, because I mean, that's one thing that you're always looking for is to find a way to where you can reach your family who's maybe a little bit, you know, super religious or hardheaded or have been attached to the stigma their entire life, culturally, you know, whatever the case is, it's always nice to be able to, I don't want to say like jab them with it, but kind of jab them with that education. Like, hey, no, like there's more history and knowledge to this than you actually know based on just you think that people are getting high. Like there's so much more to it. There's so much depth. Exactly. And when you actually see when the, when the consorted effort from the world to ban cannabis, was before anyone thinks. Everyone says the 30s. But in 1925, the League of Nations got together and said, and then the next 30 years, whatever, we want cannabis to be illegal. And I'm just sitting there and I read that. I was like, why not say in 30 years you're going to try to end world hunger? Why cannabis? Yeah, because it's, I mean, because it, it's such a healing plant probably and it would be the solution easier, to so many problems. Easier to control people who don't have free money. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. There's a lot of different perspective ways to go to with like history of cannabis and learning, I'm sure. But that's awesome. You have videos about it that people can go watch to absorb and learn all of that. And that's why I started. I, I'm always trying to evolve my videos to get better quality. Yeah. And uh, it, just to give people... Uh, you know, a free version of videos with good information and be able to fact check me. Yes. That's why I like to put my resources. 
That's awesome. Yes, that's very important. So we ask everyone this question, Jay, about what's a stigma that you wish to see changed revolving cannabis? Let's see here. I would say that you have to get high to benefit from it. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, cannabinoid acids can even benefit you better than converted compounds. So that's one thing I, I really try to tell people. You don't have to get high to benefit. Yeah, and so you don't have to be against somebody who is. Yeah. Everyone can benefit. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate and we used to, we all used to until the 1920s. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, it's real. Yes. Well, Jay, I think this wraps up our episode for today. Is there anything you'd like to add before we hop off? I would just like to say, uh, Please, if you would like to, check out my YouTube channel. And uh, I, I, I don't need anybody to subscribe. I just want the information to get out. That's, that's my thing. I want, I want the information to get out. Okay. Well, if you'd like to check out Jay's content, you can find him on Instagram at jsmokehouse420. And then what's your YouTube channel, Jay? It is jsmokehouse, J apostrophe S, smokehouse. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jay. We appreciate you sharing your story and spending a little bit of your day with us here today. And thank you to everyone listening and hanging with us. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Brian, stay medicated. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.